As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Thursday leading in to week two. Week two kicks off tonight, of course, with the Washington football team led by that beautiful jersey, Behind Jake, if you're watching us on YouTube, Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team going up against the New York Giants. Michael Beller, Jake Seeley, and Brandon Funston here to talk you through week two rankings and help you get your lineups right. What's going on, guys? Jake, how was uh, how'd week one treat you? How are you feeling about week two as we kick things off here tonight? <laughs> it's fine. Just ready to keep going. I mean, it's not really – nobody cares about my teams. Oh, I care about everything, everything, Jake Seeley. So don't ever say that. Brandon, how you doing going into week two? I have a few losses that are, you know, sticking in my craw. And <laughs> nothing worse than an 0-1 team when you've had a good week, you know, and you're just staring mm-hmm. at that. You need to get that first win, you know, to kind of get over that hump. And if you lose in week two and you go 0-2, it's, you know, it feels <sighs> monumental in terms of obstacles to overcome. Yeah, it really does. You definitely want to have at least one win in those first two weeks. We're hopefully going to help you get to that as we talk through these rankings on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Visa, a network working for everyone. Guys, let's start things out at the quarterback position, as we always do. And as I was going through your guys' respective rankings, I noticed two fun major Differences of opinion at the quarterback position. So we are going to start off with the first one, and that is Teddy Bridgewater. Jake, you are pro Bridgewater. Brandon, anti Bridgewater, at least with respect to his overall rank. So Jake, we'll let you make the pro case first. Feeling Bridgewater against the Jaguars this weekend. I mean, it's not so much feeling. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, it's, don't put words in your mouth. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> like, like feeling. What do you got him? QB fourteen. 
Yeah, but it's more about who's behind them. That's really what yeah. it comes down to. It comes down to that Teddy Bridgewater. Somebody asked in, uh, I don't know, it was either waivers or rankings this week. They said, should I pick up Golf, Teddy, or Tyrod? And Oh, Darnold, Teddy, or, or uh, Tyrod. And I said, pick up Darnold because he's got the ceiling because the other two are the same. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to go out there and give you mid QB2 every single week because that's who they are but that's what we just saw in week one for teddy who also was facing a tougher defense that he's facing by miles this week Uh, and it really comes down to there's just a lot of streaming options that have bad matchups this week that's really what it comes down to it's just a lot of bad matchups on the slate for potential streamers so if i'm going for one i'm going against jacksonville anytime i could pick them even if this is a run heavy team it's just i know that teddy's probably going to finish right around 14 or 15 and that's what it comes down to yeah, well, I have him at 21. It's not like mm-hmm. if you play in a two-quarterback you league that you're just not kinda starting him. I just, you know, I see a, a, you know, I see a game manager, Teddy Bridgewater, a team that lost Jerry Judy, and a defense that Houston afforded 41 carry or 41 touches to their backfield last week. And this is Denver already coming in. We know that they're. They, you know, they they can win with defense and, and running, and that's probably the mode that they would like to win with. So and yet, I think, and yet, where did Tyrod finish? QB Tyrod, 12. He, yeah, but he had. Yeah. If you take away forty rushing yards, you that can't he had, take away things. And he also had two no, touchdowns. But saying, is Bridgewater like, going to do that? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is Bridgewater going to get forty rushing yards? Probably not. So I, I, and also, if you watch the game, there was a little bit of the Brandon Cooks luck on a couple of those <laughs> the long balls. That one bomb that was just ridiculous i mean i don't think you can plan for that week in and week out so no but you can plan for Quentin Sutton. i'm just i'm smoothing off the i'm i'm smoothing the edges off of that a little bit and uh and rounding that out to a, a, a classic teddy bridgewater <laughs> game manager win burying him down at qb 21 we are actually going to talk <laughs> about Cortland sutton when we get into the wide receivers so uh, jake just a little bit more bullish here you guys are making more sort of the bull and bear arguments of the same tree of where you think Bridgewater belongs just one at the positive end and one more at the negative end but it's that same range of outcomes you guys have him falling in and I wonder if that's going to be the case also for Jameis Winston where we find Brandon now as Mr. Positive and Jake in his more familiar Mr. Negative role on Jameis. Uh, Brandon take this away you are buying into what you saw last week against the Packers? Well I mean he looked good, 70% completion rate, five touchdown passes. We're going to knock him because he had a bunch of great field position, and you know he was efficient when they got the turnovers and had the ball in range to score. He got the job done. I, you know, I, I would expect it wouldn't be quite the same narrative this time. He's going to have a little bit more full field um, situations. But, yeah, I like the way Winston looked. Um, I like that he ran for 37 yards. You know, it's we, we kind of forget about that, but I think, you know, you go back and look when he was a starter. He had those kind of starts, you know, where he would th- throw out 30 or 40 rushing yards weren't completely uncommon. So there's a little bit of rushing upside as well. But, you know, I just think that he's in a position with Sean Payton um, to where, you know, we're going to get the best of Jameis is sort, sort of looking like right now. So I, I don't hate the matchup against Carolina. I, I don't I didn't rank him as a QB one, but it's kind of the same deal where it, like if you're in a two QB league, I think he's a very good second quarterback. Yeah, but where, where's the difference, Beller? Where does he have him that? Because you're a QB 13 yeah. at the last check, Brandon. OK, 
So not a huge gap. I was I was curious because he said not QB one. So I think that's as close as you could get by being three spots. I mean, I'm 16, so I don't hate him. It's just the the, the touchdown efficiency. You well, mentioned sure. part of the reason it was <laughs> it's just well part of the reason as you mentioned was the field position. You know, though you yeah. want to take that and that's similar things. Like you could take things away from all quarterbacks and make arguments, all these type of things. But at the same time, it just comes down to. I mean, if you're not going to if you're going to throw five touchdowns on a record setting situation that no quarterbacks ever threw that few yards, you didn't even throw for 200 yards. That's really what it comes down didn't to even throw for 150. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's a record. Um, and, it, and it's not that I don't think Jameis is better. And it's funny because I'm getting attacked in the comments of being like, this is your guy. Why are you telling me to sell him? <laughs> I'm telling you to sell him because everything is cyclical, you know, like it's or it's, you know, roller coaster, whatever way you want to look at it. Because I said somebody brought up Najee Harris, too. And I know we're not talking about it, but for the comparison here is like you were saying, bye, 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 Najee Harris. And you say sell going into week one. And then you're selling bye again. And I said, yeah, because people are overreacting to the fumble. It can be. Like these things change week to week to week. Uh, Winston's not going to throw five touchdowns, uh, even if he throws for 300 yards, mostly because I doubt that he throws for 300 yards with Callaway still as his number one. Mm-hmm. He needs at least Trey Quan or somebody else back. And don't talk to me about Kenny Stills. I love the fact that Kenny Stills is back <laughs> and relevant, potentially, but. Uh, don't talk to me about Kenny Stills. That one completely blew by my radar. Wasn't even thinking about Kenny <laughs> that Stills. That they added Kenny I gotta, Stills? I actually might have to move him up to, into can, my Can we get him now. to get a touchdown this week, and then we could have Amadolo. We can, can we get Chris Hogan a touchdown? Can we get him back on the roster? <laughs> Hogan got the uh, got the touchdown. Oh, yeah, that's right. So is Amadolo yeah. Hogan? Yeah, all we need is Kenny Stills now. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get Kenny Stills, and it's just uh, it's, uh, just rounded all out right in the first two weeks of the season. I'm actually I'm very interested in this game. This is a game that's at the top of my radar for once to watch. Kind of like the Panthers plus three and a half in that one but that's a different show best on the board be sure to check it out let's get on to our guide you guys because man I'm feeling left out in the cold you guys Joe Burrow traders you guys have them both uh both have him outside the QB1 class Bengals are going into Chicago where they are at last check two and a half point underdogs it's a good Chicago defense but uh man it seems like you guys are saying if you went with two QBs in a one QB league and Burrow's one of them that maybe you want to look to the other one what's the uh, case for this one Jake it's just matchup. That's really all it comes down to is matchup, 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 matchup. And on top of it, Joe Burrow didn't throw that many times. For somebody that sat here, admittedly myself, saying he was going to lead the league in attempts, they leaned on Joe Mixon. He didn't even get 40 pass attempts. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, did he even get 30 in that game? And that's really what it comes down to. I think he is, did with overtime factored in. Uh, yeah, okay. So, like, but, you know. Does he – the really – the situation here is against the Bears. Let's talk about well, – everybody's like, well, look at Matt Stafford. You know, Matthew Stafford was 20 for 25 or 26 last week with over 300 yards and three mm-hmm. touchdowns. I think Burrow can get there, uh, but I still don't trust Burrow on the Stafford level yet. Not to mention the Rams offensive line versus the Bengals offensive line is like yes. night and day. Uh, and if you want to look at some of the things for metrics wise, some what I always look at for uh, streaming defenses is adjusted sack rate, but also pressures allowed by the other offensive line. Well, mm-hmm. the Bengals were top five in allowed pressures and the Bears are, I know, at least top 10 in the sack rate, situation, or at least pressure rate. So it's just a concerning matchup. That's all it is. Yeah. So. I either had Burrow ranked 12 or 13, depending on where I was feeling about Ryan Tannehill during the preseason. Those guys went back and forth with me between 12 and 13. I have Burrow ranked 14 Mm -hmm. this week. So uh, 
the matchup is a downgrade of one to two spots, depending on where I was at, you know, uh, with Burrow, if you want to call him my number 12 or number 13 coming into the year. So I'm not really down on Burrow. I just think he's, you know, given the matchup, he is best served in a quarterback two capacity. If you have one of the guys in the top 12 and, and by the way, uh, I've ranked every guy. I think that I finished with my top 12 at quarterback going into the season is ranked in my top 12 this week. So there's really no room for Burrow in there this week in my mind. Well, and I'm looking right now, just so you know, Bella, he is going to move up definitively at least one spot because Baker mm-hmm. is right in front of him. And with no Odell Beckham, that's with Odell, Odell Beckham. I got to move Baker back down. Yeah. Like these are, this is Thursday updates coming for everybody out there. Yeah. And this is also one of the lowest totals on the board this week with Bears and Bengals. I believe the lowest total is the game tonight with uh, the Giants and Washington getting together. <laughs> yeah, that's at 40 be. and a half, uh, according to BetMGM, which, man, I mean, I that's, still a, take that, the that's, under. that's that's not a lot of points. That is not a lot I'm of points. I'm still taking the under. I'm still <laughs> uh, taking Bears and Bengals. Se- is... 17-6 tonight. <laughs> Bears and Bengals are sitting at uh, 46 for their over-under, which is the quick scan, the fourth lowest total on the board this week. Uh, Brandon, you had a ranking that really jumped out at me, so – Josh Allen is QB nine. Let's see. Let's hear the case for that. I mean, you're still starting him, obviously, but down at QB nine. What's up with that? Well, it's a vast improvement from where he finished last week at QB <laughs> twenty. So, look at again. I ranked all of my top twelve preseason quarterbacks in my top twelve, and I ranked Josh Allen ninth. And if you have Josh Allen, you're playing him. I'm just, you know, I'm factoring in. This is a, it's a good matchup. I'm factoring the fact that watching Josh Allen last week. He didn't look like 2020 Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, last year I was just wowed by him all the time. It looked like he wasn't quite up to midseason form. And I thought Miami is good defense. Uh, They have good corners. I think they'll make life a little bit difficult for Buffalo. I'm still ranking him as a top 10 quarterback. But, uh, you know, um, probably you'll have to use his legs a little bit more to make that happen this week. Jake, any, uh, you want to get in on that at all, or can we just move on to our next question? That's, I thought you were going to move on to my person. Yeah, I, I have Josh Allen still inside my top five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, still feeling like there's a, a good bounce-back case for him against the Dolphins. Bill's three-and-a-half-point favorites in that game on the road and what could be a, a tough matchup. Who's your person, Jake? Who is it? Who Just, just go right into it. I don't know. I, I thought you were going to cue me up. I thought it was the one that's going to, like, you were surprised. Oh, no, well, I mean, I, yeah, no, no I, was, I was confused there. No, 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 we're good. We're just going on to our last question at the QB position. Jake, you can take this one first. A surprise okay. starter who's likely on someone's team, right? We're not we're not pulling guys off the scrap heap. So someone who's probably yeah. sitting as a default QB2, you're saying, eh, maybe actually he's your QB1 this week. Uh, well, I mean, it would have been Teddy Bridgewater, but we already talked about him. So <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we could do. I would say I would. Uh, I'll roll back. I'll go back to Tannehill if you're concerned about him. He has 12 for me, but like Brandon said, still I think I had him at 12 is 13 or 12 to start the season. Uh, Jameis would be the one. I'd say the one that might concern a lot of people uh, for the matchup purposes. But where I'm going to go back to is I'm not. I'm not. I'm not kicking Trevor Lawrence outside of the top 20 yet. And I know it's a bad matchup, and Daniel Jones just struggled. But what it comes down to is it's just the fact that. It's the same argument we made for Gardner Minshew. It's the same argument we made for Blake Bortles. It's the same argument we've made for most Jaguars running backs over the years. There's garbage time coming. Like every single week, you're <laughs> right. going to get garbage time. And, in, and for all intents and purposes, Lawrence really did nothing until garbage time. So I just, I'll still roll out Trevor Lawrence as a top 20 over, you know, people like Cousins against the Arizona, which is starting to look like it might be a scary defense for this entire year. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Heineke, Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, like I'd still keep Lawrence out there over those kind of guys. 
Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't have any surprises in my top 12. Ryan Tannehill, I do still have at 12. If you're thinking about sitting him, I think this is a pretty obvious takeaway from week one. Their play action was way down. Like the Tennessee offense should not be a mystery as to what how they're successful. And I think, you know, they'll look at the the game film and say, why aren't we just doing what we do, which is feed Derrick Henry. You hope. And then and then live <laughs> off of play action. And mm-hmm. they weren't doing that. I forget what the percentage is, but it was way down compared to where they teams. were. Yeah, exactly. After being thirty four percent last year, I think everybody was talking about it. It's but like it's, half the rate. Yeah, this was, is one of those things, though. It, I mean, yeah, you say hope, and that's why I said that, Brandon, is because maybe Downing is just he's trying to be smarter. Like he's like, to put I'm, his or, stamp on yeah. the offense. Yeah, it's my offense. I know Smith better. Yeah. I will say, <laughs> if they run out there with like a fifteen percent again play action, that, week three is going to be panic, full panic mode for the Titans. Yeah, that would be fair. But yeah, if he's trying to be smarter by being stupider, I mean, that might just be what he's doing. <laughs> How many, I mean, this wouldn't be the first time. Uh, it feels like a bounce back spot. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a bounce back spot right. for the Titans. Uh, going up against Seattle, we expect that game to be high scoring. Uh, second highest total on the board, I believe, behind just Chiefs and Ravens. So it feels like a spot where that Titans offense certainly could bounce back after that I ugly, mean, ugly let's be honest where Downing's coming from. He's coming from coaching tight ends. Like, yeah. I mean, who you remember like, who the last one was? Is it Freddie Kitchens? <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Look yeah. at how that worked out. <laughs> wow. There we go. All right. Oh man. Tight ends, anyway. offensive coordinator, head coach, back to tight ends and basically back to irrelevancy. Man, calling out a Freddie Kitchens jump 15 minutes into the show. I feel like, you know, that's it. You guys do the rest. I'm out of here. Uh, no, it's uh, just kidding. I, I, I want to stick around. It's a lot of fun stuff that I still want to talk about here uh, as we move on through the rest of our positions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, guys, running back time here, and there's really no place that we can start other than in San Francisco. Eli Mitchell and Trey Sermon, at least we think Trey Sermon, will be active this week. Jake, how are you treating these two guys uh, if you have either one of them on your team? So I just got in a big debate about this yesterday with Jeff Ratcliffe, um, my all-in-football one, and he doesn't have Mitchell inside his top 20. I made a list and kept going down and down and down and down of a lot of guys and like split backfields and stuff. He's starting over Mitchell. I can't say he's wrong, except I will from my opinion. This is why I'm ready to go down with this. I'm ready to take it on the chin from Shanahan and get the Shanahanigans as we always do, because (laughs) this is not like I went into yesterday saying he's 18 for me. He's top 20. I am starting him over Barkley. I'm going to like we just saw it. And, you know, I'm a Mitchell fan and I still thought it was going to be Sermon. So let me make that clear. And the fact that this is coming from Sermon was ranked higher in my draft kit, was ranked higher in my NFL draft breakdown. But what it comes down to is it's not just Mitchell. 
is that they brought in Trenton Cannon. And yeah. I don't think that, like, Trenton Cannon is, like, he shouldn't be ahead of Trevor. Like, I don't care how upset Shanahan is with Sermon. <laughs> you can't put Cannon in front of Sermon. Except that Shanahan, he is the one person in the NFL that will do this. And if, if Cannon is active and Sermon isn't on Sunday... I mean, 18 might be too low for Mitchell. And then, holy crap, panic mode for Sermon. If, if, if Cannon is active over Sermon, it's yeah. just you feel, you feel good about blowing your entire budget on Mitchell going forward. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just think this is going to be an Eli Mitchell week once again. I mean, they had no, you know, they obviously kept Sermon inactive last week, and Mitchell was number two, and Hasty was number three, and Mostert goes down, and they don't even, they give Hasty one carry. I mean, it's all Mitchell, so like, it shows me what they think of Hasty, but it also mm-hmm. shows me that, you know, like, like Jake mentioned, they're bringing in Cannon. I think Shanahan right now is willing to just, to ride Mitchell at least another week, and I think if they do activate Sermon, I don't think they're ready to throw him into double-digit touches right away. Uh, that they, I get no sense of that whatsoever. So uh, ultimately, <laughs> maybe, yeah, I, I think something's going on because he's doing the same thing with Ayuk, kind of like maybe trying to light a fire under him. But I mean, at least Ayuk was hurt. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. he's also saying he's got to differentiate himself from Trent Sherfield. That, that, you know, no, that's where I agree with you. I agree with you. Undrafted Vanderbilt yeah. guy, journeyman that got <laughs> washed out of Arizona. Like, give me a break, Brandon Ayuk. We've seen him play like a first yeah. round pick that he is. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah, that one. That one is uh, making me. I think making all of us scratch our heads. At least you can. We're making you this can face. See, this, you can this, see this, the. Oh, right. Yeah. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the even if you disagree with the sermon one, you can at least see the logic behind it. The the Ayuk and Sherfield one's like uh, not so sure about it. <laughs> Kyle, you know way way more about football than I will ever hope to know, but that one just feels a little bit off. And so that's a we'll we'll, we'll uh, maybe learn a little bit more about this weekend, which will be a fun game: Forty ers and Eagles. A big step up in weight class for the Eagles after pounding the Falcons a week ago. And speaking of the Falcons, let's talk about Mike Davis. You guys are way way down on Mike Davis. Both of you at my check <laughs> last night when I was putting the show sheet together down at RB twenty nine. I mean, Jake eight. You hate this dude. After one week, he was your guy. You were all in, Mike uh, Davis, and now you just, you just hate him. But still, I have, have still, to imagine still, it's got a lot to do with that matchup. Still over consensus. Still Mike Davis. Uh, Cordell <laughs> Patterson got some run in the first half, but got a lot of his run once they were already down three scores into the third quarter. It didn't happen until the third quarter. They were, it wasn't that bad at halftime, but it was – I mean, if you were watching the game, it kind of felt like they were already down by three scores. Uh, but Mike Davis is still the guy, and it just mm-hmm. it's a 100% matchup. I mean, we just yeah. saw what happened with Ezekiel Elliott, and make no qualms about it. I like Mike Davis – but I'm not even putting him on the same planet as Ezekiel Elliott. So let's yeah. be real about that. That's just what it comes down to. It's just matchup. It's matchup, matchup, matchup. Nothing more. Yeah, same for me as well. It's it's in Dominican Sue and Vita Vea and and company. And I'm I'm actually heartened by the 15 carries for Mike Davis, considering what happened in that game. So I was worried that we might, you know legitimately see 10 to 12 as you know some a lot of the beat writers were kind of saying towards the end mm-hmm. of preseason and in in a game which they weren't even close he still got 15 carries I'll take that I'll take that as a mini win six targets as well and so you do worry a little there bit about go. the fact that we saw Dallas with that you know pass pass heavy game plan uh, able to you know not only stay in it but nearly win that game against Tampa and sure they were benefited by a couple of turnovers and a couple of short fields that maybe Atlanta can't duplicate but still 
you worry maybe a little bit about Mike Davis in that they can look at that blueprint from Dallas and say Dallas used this and nearly came away with the win. You know, maybe we should try to follow something similar and be pass heavy. Good news, perhaps for Kelvin Ridley and I was for looking at Kyle your show Pitts. sheet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. You just said it. I was seeing if you were going to bring up his name later, but I have a feeling this is Kyle Pitts. You talk about defensive exploitation for Kyle Pitts in this yeah. situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, save it, man. We already we're already scratching the bottom of the barrel. Whenever we get to the tight end section, don't throw <laughs> Kyle Pitts in when we're talking when we're talking about running backs. Um, all right, let's see if we can do this correctly this week, Brandon. In RB three, <laughs> who you might want to sit. That means out of your lineup on the bench. BN next to his name on your uh, you know provider of choice. An RB three who you might want to sit this week. Look at I want to sit all RB threes. I want to play. I want to play my RB twos in Fringe my flex RB2 spot. Yeah, fringe RB two. Yes, then. Um, I would say. I mean, Mike Davis was one. I mean, that was one we brought up. Mm. James Robinson. And these aren't going to be too James obvious. Robinson, yeah. James Robinson, or like Mark Ingram, who God, he had twenty three carries. He's not going to get twenty six. Twenty six carries. <laughs> I'm like, they're not sitting on a lead like that. He might have half of those. You got one that you haven't said yet. That was immediately on my list. Did I, uh, Miles Gaskin? Mm-mm. Okay, go ahead. You, you there's, there's a few. <laughs> you go ahead and throw one out that I haven't named yet. So we. Oh, Saquon. Was, no, uh, although I do I have Saquon Barkley at 21. I had him at 18, yeah. w- willing to take the risk last week, and I'm still willing to take the risk because he's 21. He's not 31. Uh, but now he's even further against Washington in a short week. It, it, hell, mm-hmm. just Washington in that offensive line. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it's right behind him. And it's because it wasn't. I thought that Tyson William lost snaps because he got oh. the he, the hell oh, got okay. Go. So pur- purposely, let's I was talk leaving, about him too. Let's keep going. I was he was leaving next him off because he's on okay. the sheet, and I didn't. Uh, want to, I actually I, didn't I want must to steal been, that. I must have been scanning too quick. I didn't even see him on the <laughs> All sheet. Good. But yes. All yeah, good. Let's so, talk about him. So it, by the way, it, um, Ronnie Ronnie Stanley uh, likely out. I was going to include as well. that as well. So yeah. uh, that's added to. There's two pits. So let's start with Williams. So Williams again. I thought maybe he had a concussion or something because when he got hit really hard, he basically didn't come back into the game in that fourth quarter and in overtime. It was all Latavius Murray. Uh, mm-hmm. So some of the reports, if you follow some beat reporters, are saying it was potentially because he got blown up in that pass blocking situation where he just got flattened, and they're saying maybe they need more Latavius Murray. Whatever it might. Be it's not injury related, so now we already had a Latavius Murray concern. It's the concern we mm-hmm. thought might happen going into Week One. Well, let's add to the fact that Vontae Freeman was activated today. Ronnie yeah. Staley goes down. It was what we talked about last week, and we all assumed could be the case that Williams will could be the lead still question mark. But even if so, it's forty to fifty percent with their other half potentially even more than half, he might only be like the lead with 40% is going to Freeman and Latavius Murray. And then of course, Lamar Jackson running on his own. So, so there you go. How does Freeman's affect William? It's, I think call me crazy. I think the Freeman activation is more concerning than the Le'Veon Bell activation because Freeman in the passing game, I'm more concerned about than Le'Veon Bell is at this point of their careers. Yeah, I have I have Williams at 30 this week. I I totally agree. And I, another thing that I thought may have hurt, Williams is is you know the RPO plays you see the the mesh point kind of handoff that was clunky with him and with him and Lamar I mean multiple mm-hmm. occasions where you know Ty Tyson's thinking he has the ball and and I think it, one of them resulted in a fumble um, but yeah it just wasn't smooth and I was just wondering yeah. if maybe they you know they want to take him out for that reason but I'm just not seeing you know that second half was a major red flag for me with Tyson Williams and th- th- that maybe they don't completely trust him yet 
And yeah, when you have those veterans in there have been around the block a little bit, that could be a problem. I agree. It could be a could be a full three way platoon there with him getting like forty percent of the run. Yeah, it definitely would be concerning. Could be a week, even after you were happy with uh, what he gave you last week, where maybe you want to sit him down. Um, all right, guys, we got a new a new thing for today's episode. I've got hold on, I'm reaching down if you're watching mm, on YouTube. Sure. I've got this sweet hat. We're gonna have you both make a sixty second case for a player. So I've got all these names. These are a bunch of different names. I'm just going to pull, pull them out at random and ask both you guys to make a case for these guys. So you don't know what's coming. You have no idea what's coming. You're both going to make a 60-second case for your guy. Uh, let's say Brandon first. I haven't even used this first. yet, Brent. I, I bought a blackboard so I could write something. You need to put that on the schedule because I haven't used it <laughs> I yet. Need a, I mean, I need a blackboard then. Um, all right, Brandon, you are first. No, no, no. Jake, you're first, actually. Jake, Miles Gaskin is your guy to make a case for this week. 60 seconds, go. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of off on Miles Gaskin just because of what we kind of thought. It's the same thing as Baltimore. 50% and the other 50% is the other two, being Ahmed and Malcolm Brown. I will say this. Don't worry about Brown. Don't worry about Ahmed. Everybody asking uh -huh. me, like, should I drop this, 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 and this person? The first person I'm looking for when those names are mentioned, those are the ones to go. Because even if Gaskin <laughs> went down, it would probably be a split. But I will say, here's the one case you can make for Gaskin. You know his fifty percent versus Tyson Williams. That's that's mm -hmm. really that's all I can really say. Don't you have him at like RB twenty two? Yeah, and I don't want twenty three, and I still don't want him there. <laughs> all right, so there's the sixty second. We'll call it lukewarm case for Miles Gaskin. All right, Brandon, we're mixing him up. We're mixing him up. We're mixing him up. And here's your guy. Who is ah, Monday Night Football? Jamal Williams against the Packers. What do you got for us? Mm, I, I like this. Actually, I mean, look at I mean, it got got as much run in the passing game as DeAndre Swift. Uh, you know, you can look at this a couple different ways. Either Green Bay comes in rebounds in a dramatic way and they get, you know, and the Lions get trounced uh, that that game narrative worked out very well for Jamal Williams. OK, so Green Bay's crappy like they showed in week one and guess what they were one of the most friendly run defenses in the league last year and you got to imagine there's still some issues there if they continue to trend the way they did in week one and then we we saw Jamal Williams as Anthony Lynn's been saying all summer long is going to be firmly in this mix and and sure enough he was and DeAndre Swift looked great and they could have saw DeAndre Swift early in that game and said you know what we can ride this guy we're good no, Jamal Williams is is going to be, I don't know, 40, 45% at minimum is the way this thing's setting up. But the way the Lions are setting up, I think they're going to be throwing an awful lot. And it looks like that helps Jamal Williams just as much as it helps DeAndre Swift. Brandon, totally unfazed by adorable Barkley popping up in uh, in Jake's camera. I, I don't even have the I don't even have the camera on me right now. I'm in a, I'm in a different window, so I didn't even see Barkley. Different window. I, just, uh, I heard I heard you guys laughing. I assumed you were laughing at me for what I was saying. No, no, no. I was no. yeah. I was giving I was giving that uh, adorable little pup some uh, some love there. Um, Jake, I know you you like Jamal Williams as well. You want to throw something on there? Not too much. It's the same thing as Jamal Williams. I have him 31. I would play him in front of James Robinson. I'd play him in front of all the Jameses. James Robinson, James Conner. <laughs> Is there another James we could throw out there potentially? Would you and play him in front of all the Williamses? <laughs> all of the Williamses? Uh, not Javante. No. I know. I got, yeah, I got Javante higher too. I have Javante yeah. as an RB2 this week. 
So Another I. useful week potentially for both of those Denver running backs with that team land six against a Jaguars defense that looked hapless a week ago. What about Chase Edmonds? You guys going up against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Cardinals favorite at home, three and a half point favorites. Jake, you're sitting James Conner. I assume you're starting Chase Edmonds. No. <laughs> he's in the low 20s I, Edmonds over Connor but they're very close and it's the same thing he said all preseason it's the same thing low we 20s saw. you're probably starting eh, hopefully you're not hey put it this way I'm not and anybody listen to me is it because you didn't draft him at his cost it was too high that's the problem so you don't have to start him if you listen to me so there you go when you're saying low 20s do you mean like 21 22 no or no, no, no low yeah. like 28 so, yeah like the, I would say that I would call that high 20s personally no, low twenties because you start at one and I, I mean I, 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 always, right I always I always say just inside my top thirty is that's the, that's the way to make it avoid any confusion. Where is he for you, uh, Brandon? And are you playing him right in the mid twenties? Uh, I'd play him because you know at least well, mid twenties like twenty three or mid twenties like twenty seven. Uh, like <laughs> no, I'm just doing that as a joke for <laughs> 20, 26 if you want to know. But um, oh, there we go. But I, I would feel fine playing him because, you know, he split the carries with James Conner, but he also got the four catches. And, yeah, you know, that's why I have him over mm-hmm. Conner, but I don't want to start yeah. either one of them. Exactly. But um, that back, look, look I, I, it's, I said this in either the waiver or the rankings column is Kenyon Drake and Chase Emmons are essentially the same because James Conner and Josh Jacobs are now essentially the same. Those backfields are 50 50 splits. One's the goal line guy, one's the pass catcher. They're the same backfields. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely feeling that way. At least with Arizona, you've got reason to believe that you have a high-scoring team almost and potentially take the almost out just every single time that they take the field. So potentially a lot of opportunity for Chase Edmonds and for James Conner. Last running back question before we move on to wide receivers. Uh, Brandy, you take this one first. An RB3 that you want to get into your lineup. Someone start. you're looking to start this week who's on that start-sit fringe. Mm, you know, I would say... I think Naheem Hines is an RB3 that you could start. I mean, Carson Wentz threw 15 times to his running backs mm-hmm. last week, uh, and Naheem even had nine carries. I, I could see them wanting to, you know, use a dump pass uh, to Naheem against the Rams, that that difficult front with Aaron Donald and company. So, um, look, at Naheem Hines was one of those guys that was an, an uneven producer last year but finished as an RB2. I don't see why there's any reason why it's not going to be the same again. So, and I, I just feel like the maybe the, the the way things started in Week One and the matchup this week is conducive to him being involved uh, fairly heavily once again. So, if I'm going by consensus, it's Javante Williams uh, who is in my RB two. Javante is not a not a consensus RB two this week. No, he's an RB three consensus. Yeah, yeah well, that's quite a bit. He's at 29. So there you go. That's Ooh. his. That's so, ridiculous. Yeah. So if you if you don't, uh, I just threw him out there just to say that. And if you don't want to go that route, I, I will give you another one. And I'll say, I don't want to ever, <laughs> ever, ever start a backup. But if I'm going to start a backup and risk it, even as bad as things went in week one, AJ Dillon against the yeah. Lions. You like if you're taking that shot down, he like put, put it this way. I like the Naeem Hines call. He's James White. Same same thing. Those guys are really good. But if I'm going to take a shot down here, Singletary, if Zach Moss is active, James Connor, I'm hoping for a touchdown. Well, you know mm-hmm. who I think might have a better shot at a touchdown? <laughs> AJ Dillon versus the Lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could. That's uh, one of a, a handful of games that could really get away. We got that one. We've got uh, Buccaneers Falcons and we've got Browns Texans. Three double digit favorites on the board this week. And hey, 
Speaking of those Cleveland Browns, let's kick off our wide receiver talk with Jarvis Landry. Uh, Jake, how much of this is about the matchup? How much of it is about Cleveland's offense? How much of it it is about Odell being out? All of it. (laughs) (laughs) All of the above. Like, we'd have the numbers with Landry, with and without Odell Beckham. That's just that you could start with and end with if you really wanted to. But on top of it, he's facing Houston. On top of it, you know, you look at last week and people are talking about Anthony Schwartz, who was out there. Behind the tight ends and snaps, let's like get overly excited just too quick. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones was still out there for the second most wide receivers, almost doubled up Schwartz. So mm-hmm. I'm not chasing Peoples-Jones. I'm not chasing Schwartz. I'm not chasing if I really want to get desperate at tight end. I know, hey, I know you're saving it, but here, we'll just, I'm sorry, but throw out David Njoku maybe <laughs> because he ran more routes than Austin Hooper did in about the same yep. amount of snaps. But the one consistent here is the backfield and Jarvis Landry, those are the only three things, and I say three because you can trust both running backs, those are the only three things you can trust in this offense. And Jarvis Landry, I think I have as a top 24, yeah, 23. That's not, and that's great. I think a lot of people still might have Odell Beckham in their ranks because that's nine above consensus. That yeah. That's way too low. Yeah, I think I'm 27 or 26 on him as well. I, so you yeah. hate him. All, all of the above. I love Jarvis. I've, I've been, ta- I've been preaching Jarvis Landry for three no, years no, now. I think. About your <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, he scored seven of his last eight games now too, and those mm-hmm. are all, all, all of those are Beckham. Yeah, because, yeah, I was gonna say, how many of those did Beckham play? <laughs> None of them. So, yeah, None exactly. Them. Yeah. yeah, so just, just double it down on your point there. Hey, speaking of doubling down, that's exactly the phrasing I have for oh. our next one. We're going to the other corner of Ohio, doubling down on your Jamar Chase doubt against the Bears. I will say, though, wide receiver 29 at my last check of your ranking. So you're starting him, but I imagine that's pretty comfortably below the consensus after you went 5 101 and a touchdown. Yeah, we're going to have to do something with you and Jamar Chase. What's, uh, <laughs> what's the case for him being just inside the top 30 rather than more closer to wide receiver 20? Well, it's kind of like what we talked about with Joe Burrow. You know, it's a tough matchup. Uh, he didn't throw a ton. Um, you know, I he's not. You know, he's going to be on the radar of the Bears for sure. Uh, and I just think, look, at, I, I'm not. I'm not hating on Jamar Chase. If you have him, you're playing him. I mean, I think after that week one, he looked great. So, um, but it could be. It could just as easily this week be Higgins or Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd has a nice matchup this week. I think we'll see a little bit more out of him as well. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of lowering the ceiling in general in the Bengals passing game this week compared to what they had against the Vikings last week. And that's really what it comes down to. Anything to say, Jake, or can I just go to the next thing? I think I just want to go to the next thing because it's a fun <laughs> one. Wide receiver three, who you definitely want to start. Yes, get him in the lineup. Who you got here, Jake? Mm, going another one by consensus here. I'll give you two on this one because I'm shocked yeah, at the second it. one. It's on the same game. Cortland Sutton, no concerns Ooh. after week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked about this many times. The Giants secondary is really good. The Giants duo of sure. corners is arguably top five. If at the worst, they're at least top ten. But the one thing they struggle with because they are very man-contested, strong corners, if you saw the game – Melvin Gordon ran away from them. That's all you need to know about how you exploit that secondary is with speed. And that's why Jerry Judy destroyed them. He had them chasing him all over the field. Quentin Sutton's a much better matchup this week. And on the flip side of the ball, DJ Chark, air yards, Trevor Lawrence loves him immediately. Mm-hmm. We had concerns because he didn't get any connection with him in that game or yeah. in the preseason and immediately is looking to him as much as Marvin Jones. But here's the best part about it almost twice as many air yards as everybody else on that team and the biggest concern LaVisca Chenault like three or four air yards 
Marvin Jones or Marvin Jones was like at ten, and then Chark was like thirteen or fourteen. So I'll start both of those wide receivers in that game, even though Chark has the bad matchup. Sure. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm looking frantically trying to pull up the ADP <laughs> to make sure he qualifies as a wide receiver three. The rankings. I have my rankings up, so you can throw. I'm out. just I'll looking at the know. industry rankings, and he's wide receiver thirty six. Ridiculous. Uh, it's Mike Williams. Uh, I will rank uh, him. How'd I know? Of course, man. Look at that. I was gonna put. It, I was actually gonna put him as a as a dedicated topic, but I just had a feeling that he was going to make. I don't know it what you're looking at, section. but the the expert the, the the ranking overall that it's in the, my table says 28, Brandon. So he's mm, still a wide receiver three, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I'm looking at PPR. Also, I'm looking at PPR on fantasy on, pros. On a lot of teams that he's that he's on, he was he's still probably your like fourth receiver. Yeah, I mean, we're just into week yeah. two. Like most people, where they drafted him, they probably have three guys who you know they want they like are above him. By oh, absolutely, because yeah, nobody nobody's taking him as that right. because nobody had the, the okay. fact that he would keep throwing himself into the ground and getting hurt. <laughs> so first of all, it's it's so twelve targets, career high. We we heard he was in the Mike Thomas role, and you know what? Go look at all of those targets. They most of them were were less than ten yards from the line of scrimmage. You know his his a- average depth of target was ten. His last three years have all been over fifteen. So uh, that was very encouraging that he did look like he was running the Michael Thomas yeah. role. And, and he stopped listening mm-hmm. to Drowning Pool. Yeah, and and he actually did, had did a couple drops. That- <laughs> the Drowning Pool. Let the bodies hit the floor. Oh Let yeah, the bodies yeah. hit the floor. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that- that's, that's back to that's back to junior high or maybe maybe early high school. I can't remember when that one I came. I think you're that I, old. I yeah, I do remember that. What up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then Dallas and Dallas is a secondary you can pick on, especially when no Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, yeah, you know, hunting no Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, hunting down the quarterback. So are you gonna cut? Are you gonna cut out my drowning pool? <laughs> no, no, I'm leaving that for sure. Are you kidding me? Anything in that? Before range. you go to the hat, real quick, Corey King absolutely trade Callaway for Marvin Jones. One thousand percent, do it. Oh yeah, it's a that's uh, a question we got here. You have to throw I it up. I was taking up. care of it for you, so you can. Dig I know, into the but hat. you know, we want our viewers to also see their name in life. So Corey okay. King, <laughs> we're saying yes, trade Callaway for Marvin. That's a. I assume that's unanimous. You're on that too, Brandon. Uh, what was it for Callaway for who? Marvin Jones. Marvin yes. Jones. Yes, you know that. It, yeah, I know, but you know, we just like to like to put it out there. Okay, uh, yeah. Next up was supposed to be Cortland Sutton, but Jake doesn't uh, read my carefully crafted show sheet, so <laughs> we can scoot right past that. We're I was trying to condense the show for you. Yeah, that was intentional. Jake's, Jake's done a good job. All of that right, so whatever. Far. Here we go. We're mixing up. We're mixing up some wide receiver names again. These are random. You guys don't know who you're getting. Brandon, let's give you this guy. Make a oh, case. Oh yes, the, we we usually stay away from Thursday night, but I, I wanted to talk about this guy, or at least give us the opportunity oh. to talk about this guy. So I'm happy I picked him out. Sterling Shepard playing tonight against Washington. Make the case for him, Brandon. Well, you can just go and cut clips from all of our past shows where we said this is guys <laughs> one of the most overlooked guys. That really the only issue with Sterling Shepard has always been the fact that he just can't stay on the field. He can't stay away from the questionable tag, uh, but he's healthy, and I think. The biggest thing for him is is Kenny Galladay and just having someone out there that's going to pull pressure away. Kenny Galladay, I mean, I thought he looked pretty good. It wasn't all vertical last week. He had some nice catches over the middle. Uh, I think that's just going to work out well for him to play off of play off of Kenny Galladay's presence there in, in that offense. So, um, so yeah, and maybe you know with that with that pass rush. It might be it might be the quick hitter to Sterling Shepard kind of a mm. kind of a day, but I don't even think it matters. I just think week in and week yeah. out, this is a guy that's probably looking at seven to nine targets Set on a regular 60 base. Seconds. I, I don't <laughs> think I was there. I was just trying to I was just trying to <laughs> fill time. I probably only at like forty five at this point. 
But go Jake, ahead, let's go hear ahead, yours. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, I need my player. I got to give you one. I got to give you one. I, I, yeah, I'm getting used to We're working out the kinks of this great new segment that I came up with last night. AJ um, Green. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> All right, here's our guy. Uh, okay, I don't know how strong a case you want to make for him, but I'm going to make you make one anyways. It's uh, the second lowest total on the board is between the Patriots and the Jets. We know we're starting Corey Davis, but what about on the other side, Jacoby Myers? Yeah, yeah, that's it'll be another. You, why do you keep giving me these math guys? That I got to make the case. Yeah, I just, you know, that's that's the some people are going to have to make this decision, and I want to. And, that, and that's certainly case. fair. So <laughs> I, I won't even take sixty seconds. I'll take sixteen at most. So like he is the Patriots version of. Sterling Shepard. That's all you need to know. It's like he's this first check down option. Aguilar has the bigger upside downfield, but Jacoby Myers. I'm actually trying to get to 16 seconds. I'm watching. Uh, Jaco <laughs> Jacoby Myers is just discount Sterling Shepard. 16. There. Boom. All right. Let's move on to Robbie Anderson, who some people are concerned about after just one catch. He made it count. A 57-yard touchdown, but one catch uh, in that game. Fewer targets than Terrace Marshall. Uh, Jake, are you among those concerned about Robbie Anderson against the Saints this week? No, because he's one of my sleepers in the column this week as Robbie Anderson was first up there. Uh, I said, don't worry too much about week one because they were both DJ Moore and Anderson were on the field for 82.5% of the snaps. Next closest was Ian Thomas. Terrace Marshall is down at 52.4. So they're still the top two. It's still just a game where, you know, they didn't need to force. Sam Darnold's, hey, kudos, didn't force the ball where it didn't need to be forced to. He, he took yeah. what was out available to him. And, yeah, the Saints did surprisingly well in week one. Let's be honest about that game. Uh, whether we want to joke about Rodgers or whatever, it went sideways from the moment that ball was snapped. And then after that, they still, the Saints have still no Marshawn Lattimore. That secondary is still explodable even with Lattimore. So, mm -hmm. Robbie Anderson, I'm keeping in my lineups. And you were saved by the time. That's the good thing. Robbie Anderson's got a really nice floor. Yeah. Brandon? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'll be watching Robbie Anderson closely because, you know, uh, of course, this will be the narrative is that, oh, Sam Darnold, all these, you know, he was always the deep threat in, with the Jets. And, you know, then he came to Carolina and he was the guy that was catching all the short area stuff. And DJ Moore was the guy that they were sending deeper more. And, and now mm -hmm. Darnold comes to Carolina. And what happens in the first game is Robbie Anderson gets one, one deep ball and that's it. You know, it's so, I mean, I, that's, that's a little too cute, you know, I, but I do want to see how things play out this week. I'm, I'm in kind of the watch and see mode with Robbie Anderson and not sure. going to push him as a sleeper like Jake is. I, I don't I'm not guaranteeing it's going to happen, but um, I'll be watching with interest. Brandon, we already heard from Jake on the Jags wide receivers, but we did have them in here as a dedicated topic. So just really quick, how are you treating those three guys if you have them? And let's just assume that, you know, you drafted them at ADP. So you've got, you know, Marvin Jones where he was going, Chark where he was going, Visca where he was going in this game against Denver. How are you feeling about these guys? Jake, pretty bullish on all three. Yeah, I'm ranking them all together. And if you look at, you know, their target share and all that, they basically were all together, you know, and mm -hmm. and, and I think you have to give the nod to, to Chark and Jones because they're the guys scored now and you can kind of go week in and week out. You're going to give them the better odds of finding the end zone. So LaVisca yeah. will be my number three, but he won't be that far behind. And there'll be games like he had nine yards on a rushing carry. I mean, there'll be games where he probably has a couple of those and that'll, that'll help chip in. But I just think the touchdown upside gives Chark and Jones a little bit of the edge. All right, let's wrap up wide receivers with a wide receiver three that you are not feeling good about this weekend. Who you got here, Jake? 
Mm, well, I'm, sure I'm kind of looking. I'm going to, unlike Brandon, I'm actually going to look at the real rankings. No, I'm just kidding. Just, <laughs> I'm trying to say, like, still, who's I was going to throw shade. I don't, I, I don't understand. I'm looking it. for my biggest, my biggest minus versus. So let's see. Uh, Chenault. No, because you say, here, I'll give you. That's, that's a good one. Because, I, yeah, I can like all of them, but I have Chenault down mm-hmm. at 43. He is consensus 37. So he's one spot out of being it. But it's the biggest. That's fine. Everybody yeah. from 25 to 45, he's got the biggest negative of all those guys. And it really just comes down to snap opportunities, which was the concern that I had for the Jaguars going into the season was that Chenault mm-hmm. just isn't out there unless it's three wide. Uh, he did have some two wide, but it's, major- it's like Nicole Harbin. It's, you know, you, I need to see you out there for more two wide. Chark immediately came in. It was what we had thought he could be, but didn't know because of the preseason. So I have him behind our boy Marvin Jones, Galladay, Will Fuller in his first game back. I don't know why people still have him in the 60s. I get it that, you know, it's Will Fuller. We haven't seen him yet, but it's still Will Fuller. Uh, Shepard, Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd. So he's down in, in, like I said, the mid-40s for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say Corey Davis. Man, I just – I have him at wide receiver 38 this week. Like, I'm just thinking Bill Belichick looking at the Jets. Like, it's Corey Davis. Who else is he concerned about? Like, and, and I've, I'm, like, Belichick owns the Jets anyways, but, like, if, I, if I'm if i looking at anybody that I don't, I don't want to have scheme against my best player, it's probably Bill Belichick, and I just think that that defense is legit, and they'll figure out a way to make sure that Corey Davis doesn't score two touchdowns and do well, what he Crowder did. I think Crowder sneaky if he's active. If he's active, yeah, but I, I think they're willing right. to I will, I think they're willing to you know take the paper cuts from Jamison Crowder over the you know the big plays from Corey Davis. No, that's what I mean. Right. I, I could see Crowder getting ten targets in this game if he's active. Right, Brandon, that's an aggressive sit. Uh, obviously, people I think are thinking of Corey Davis as just a plug and play. So give us some names just above him on your rankings, guys who you would play ahead of him if you have both of them. Oh, let me see here. Um, I have Kenny Galladay ahead of him. I have. Devontae Smith ahead of him, Chase Claypool. Uh, I have Brandon Cooks at 37. He's another guy I could have thrown out there as a potential. Oh, yeah. So, and Man, I have Rob aggressive. I do have Robbie Anderson at 36. So I have Robbie Anderson slightly ahead of him as well. Zach Pascal. Our- <laughs> I don't have Pascal that high. I, I watched I watched that entire game last week. He was benefited from a couple, uh, you know, short area crossing routes for touchdowns. But um, no, I, I just yeah, I just more, I just more ODU when I can. I don't want any. I don't want any stick in the. I don't get a pass. lot of ODU in the NFL. I gotta take it That's when true. I can. <laughs> gotta take it. It's Pascal take four it. players. Oh, it's Pascal. Four. Well, it's Fulgham count. Did Fulgham get picked up by oh, somebody? Oh yeah, Fulgham, of course. Yeah, I was gonna say one of them is on practice squad. So Fulgham okay. and then uh, Zimenez for the Giants. Defensive. Look at that. Look at ODU putting four guys in to the NFL. That's not bad. That certainly isn't <laughs> bad, but uh, aggressive. I mean, if you saw what happened week one of the college football season, they got obliterated. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I shockingly missed ODU's first game. Of oh, what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to catch him. I'll try to catch him. No, at some you, point. you don't want. Don't, uh, don't waste your time. <laughs> you know, I, I was I was just trying to be nice. There's a zero percent chance that I see any ODU. Watch my watch the school I went to for at least one year. Watch Liberty. Watch Malik. Watch uh, Malik Wilson. They're the quarterback. Hey man, talking to a college basketball guy here in Liberty. What a uh, what a program they've built over the last couple of seasons. We're getting a little bit off topic. Well, we still nice. have. We got this great uh, this great tight end uh, position to discuss. I'm trying to as, avoid it. Oh well. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, last thing I want to talk about here is the tight end position. And Jake, I mean, come on, right there on the screen. Jake has Jared Cook as tight end 11, no. LOL. Look at this. You're on board. On board with Jared Cook. No, you're not supposed to say his name. You can just say <laughs> that guy. That guy that, that plays guy. In, that plays out well, there. TE 11 for you, that guy, that uh, that tight end for the Chargers. Actually, wait, where do you see tight end 11? I'm looking right now. I'm tight end 13. Either way, he's, uh, he's yeah. starting. Either way, startable, period. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, 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 so it really comes down to – I thought we talked about him last week too, and I refused to say his name last week. I was on him week one. I'm on him week two, mostly because at this point nobody's on him. Nobody wants him anymore. Finally, everybody's woken up, but this is the same thing that happened. I'm going to make a comparison. It's the same thing that happened for Amari Cooper for years. I never wanted or drafted or had Amari Cooper, and everybody was just, oh, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, wide receiver one. And it was the roller coaster that you got from Amari Cooper every single season. Nobody wanted him. Finally, it goes to Dak, and he becomes a value. And now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I have Amari Cooper. because, it, And that's what happened here. It really comes down to everybody was like, oh, it's going to be Donald Parham, or it's going to be the rookie McKitty. It's like, no. They, they signed this guy. I still won't say his name. They brought him in there. It's still Justin Herbert in this offense as the number three option. Uh, one of the better touchdown gambles you could find at tight end. And if you're at tight end, what are you trying to do? You're trying to chase yep. touchdowns. And I will tell you, versus chasing the touchdowns of Robert Tanyan, at least <laughs> he's more involved in the passing game. Brandon, I'm going to go right to the one guy I wanted to talk about with you because we've got the same sort of thing, something I just had a little chuckle at when I saw him in the rankings, a guy you're chasing touchdowns with. Look at this guy. Gerald Everett joins the Seahawks, and suddenly it's like, yeah, throw him in those tight end one rankings. Well, what? Well, he was tight end one in week one. So far, so good. <laughs> what? You're going to tell me he only had two catches for 20 yards to go with that touchdown? Sure, that's fine. Actually, I dropped him down to 15. I sent you early rankings yesterday. I told you I was still tweaking <laughs> yep. him. Um, I had moved up a couple other tight ends. So he's tight end 15. Look, I'll give him a decent chance to uh, – make a play or two in every game like i uh-huh. you, you know you don't love the usage you know you don't love the targets the two targets and that will disley i don't love the snaps th- that's yeah yeah exactly so i just think they that they, they there's a chance with him with russell wilson's efficiency to have mm-hmm. one to two big plays every game and especially if i will say that, that I, much. genuine genuine curious question here for you not trying to make a joke uh, both of you i'm curious you too beller on this one because the tight end i have one spot immediately in front of him is plus 20 in consensus and i already brought his name up david and joku same situation, split snaps mm-hmm. with austin hooper but ran more routes and again noel the beckham i'd rather risk in joku than everett no, I, I kind of am with you. I don't have Njoku ahead of Everett yet, but he was one of those guys I was like, why are we not ranking Njoku? Because, you know, you do like the you do like the initial setting of like the consensus ranking. And I had to go add Njoku mm-hmm. to my list. I'm like, where is he on this list? I, and I started moving him up and I'm like, I got I, I probably should move him up higher. You keep up, keep and going up, and, and keep up. going. I watched a lot of that game and he was he was very active. You know, it, it definitely definitely seemed like it was a. Uh, and Joku's our fix for o- Odell being out. 
Yeah, definitely felt that way. One big play down the field that you could very easily have seen Odell making. And something that goes in favor for all of these guys. First of all, uh, Jared Cook and Gerald Everett are playing in uh, the uh, two of the three highest total games of the week. The highest is Ravens and Chiefs. That sits at 56 right now mm-hmm. on uh, BetMGM. Then you've got the Cowboys and Chargers at 55 and a half. And you've got the Seahawks and Titans down at 54. And then for Njoku... His team's the biggest favorite on the board this week. Are they the biggest favorite? Yeah, they are a half point more. The Buccaneers are 12-point favorites. The Browns are 12-and-a-half point favorites against the Texans. So suggest good what's, implied what's, team what's the totals line, for all three of What's the of line guys. on Washington football tonight? Uh, Want to guess? Uh, my guess would be four-and-a-half. Uh, it's three-and-a-half. <laughs> well, so there you go. You know where I'm I was at. curious if a team that's ever won by 16 the week before has ever been like a 12 12- Houston's like a twelve-point underdog <laughs> after a sixteen a half, yeah. after a sixteen-point win. It's like when's you that need ever like happened? Elias before? Sports Brew to help you out with that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a deep check dig. Out sports, <laughs> check out sportsoddshistory.com. Maybe that. Well, what's uh, what's the spread if it's Jacksonville? Out. My God. Oh, Siri. I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to find that out. I think sooner <laughs> rather than later for sure. And while we've been talking about all these jokes about ODU and everything, be sure to check out Andy Staples and Friends, our college football flagship show here at the Athletic uh, College Football Week Three kicks off to a night, and they'll have you covered all the way through. They've got a great Saturday wrap up show uh, that takes a look at everything right when that last game ends. So be sure uh, to check that out. A great college football show. Andy Staples and friends. It's going to do it, you guys, for this show, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, through Monday. If you are not a subscriber, you can still get in the door for 50% off. Go to theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod to do that. For Brandon Funston and Jake Seeley, I am Michael Beller. Good luck in your Week 2 matchups. Good luck getting those lineups set starting tonight. Let's all go out there and get some W's here this weekend. 